welcome to the Right to Know Show with your host, Steve Diamond. I've got a bad feeling about this. I felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. I fear something terrible has happened. This episode, writing to your audience. Welcome, everybody, to the Rider Dojo. I think we dropped some hints. I wonder. I wonder if people know what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Star Trek. Um, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. We're going to talk about Garfield. (laughs) Doctor Who. Um, No. uh, Okay. So at the very start of the year, Larry spammed me with a crud ton of um, bad Twitter advice. Um, Now, we did the episode where we talked about a, a few of them. There was another one that was kind of brought to our attention by Rick Partlow. And, and it's, of course, it's been on every freaking news cycle out there everywhere. Um, and we, we were going to include it in our bad Twitter advice episode, but instead we were talking and, and Larry's like, actually, why don't we make this a full episode um, that is catered towards the topic of writing to your audience? Yeah. So um, we're not going to bad Twitter voice this. So, um, I'm just going to read it out loud. This is too sad to be funny. It is. Okay. So they, they announced, um, some new star Wars movies that no one cares about, um, because star Wars has been trash for the past decade. Cause they took our childhood enthusiasm behind the shed and shot old yeller in the oh, face. I know, poor old yeller. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, old yeller at least had like rabies and stuff. We didn't anyway. So they announced it and, and the, the gal comes out there and she said that the this new director who's directed like three and a half episodes of something. Well, she's actually uh, a Pakistani. She, she's a Pakistani. Film, uh, documentary filmmaker. Feminist, blah, blah, blah. And she says, we're in 2024 now. And it's about time that we had a woman come forward to shape the story in a galaxy far, far away. <sighs> oh, it gets worse too. This is just the first part. And then um, she comes out and says that basically she's going to, um, the whole, her whole goal is to make a film that will make men uncomfortable. Okay. We've talked about message fiction before. We have. Yes. Um, You know, never, never preaching harder than you can entertain, which is not what Star Wars has been doing for the past 10 years. Now, this was really interesting to me because it's, the movie is going to be about Rey be, being the Jedi Master of the new... Darth Mary Sue. Palpatine's Jedi Academy. I don't know, whatever. Um, that's kind of kind of besides the point. But what I want to talk about today really is kind of like writing to your audience and knowing your audience and mm-hmm. understanding your audience and catering to your audience. Right. The direct opposite of what Not she's doing. spitting in your audience's face. Now, first off, I don't want to bag on this particular filmmaker because I have never seen her movies. Neither has anyone else because there aren't That's any. That's the thing. They are, she, she makes documentaries about like, like women being abused in Pakistan. Like having. And, and now, okay, here, here's what I will say about that. I have no problem with that. Yeah, it's great. They might be fantastic documentaries. Yeah, they might. But, but what does that have to do with Star Wars? Yeah, if you're hiring somebody to direct an action, fantasy, sci-fi thing, don't you think they should know something about action, fantasy, or sci-fi, since that's what the franchise is? Some of the better episodes of the TV series that have come out over the past several years were directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, 
Now, see, Bryce Dallas Howard, okay, there's a female She's really director. good, actually. She's done multiple episodes of The Mandalorian that mm-hmm. were good. Yeah. Deborah Chow is the other one who has done a, a bunch of these episodes. So there's a person who's demonstrated a skill set necessary. And so my response when I, I saw some some white knight dude fanboy in this, and he's like, and the way he the way he logically twisted it was so asinine. It's like, so what you're saying you don't want this woman to do it because she did documentaries about how men shouldn't abuse women and throw acid in their faces in Pakistan? What, are you in favor of throwing acid in women's faces? Yeah, false equivalence. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay. That's like- Straw man and a false equivalence. Well, so my comment was like, you know, I have my I have a cancer doctor who, he cures cancer, but you don't want him to fly your passenger airplane? He's He's played Microsoft Flight Simulator. Why do you like cancer? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the same kind yeah. of, kind of thing here. Yeah. So, so not to, not to bag on her personally. No, okay? I, I do think, I do think that. Or I should say to bag on her as a filmmaker. Cause I don't know. No, as a, as a straight up filmmaker, her profession, I'm not bagging on her in that. I'm bagging on her intellectual capacity because she seems to fail. And, and of course, all of Disney, because they're like, somehow they thought like, do they not have like a cue cards up, you know, the teleprompter up and telling them what the frick they should be saying? No, I'm, at this point, I think they want to, they're, they're like trying to lose on purpose. I, like th- this would be, this would be like, okay, let's pretend in the future, Larry, you say, Steve, you're probably the best writer on the planet Oh, obviously, for, yeah. for Vatican combat exorcists. I think maybe, Steve, you should write a monster hunter tale for me that is that is about, you know, these Vatican combat exorcists in X period of history. And I say, you know what? You're right, Larry. I should do that. And then I get up in front of everybody and I say, you know what? It's about time someone who is white write this and who's religious or something. And you know what? It's about time someone who has a black dog writes this <laughs> instead of a brown one. I have a brown and white dog, so I'm offended. Yeah. As I should, and, and it's good that I'm offended. Correct. Because for too long, people with Krasnovian waffle hounds have mm. just taken our privilege for granted. It's about time someone who recognizes that French toast is better writes Monster Hunter. Was like, you know, uh, like it's so dumb. It, it, it is completely asinine. It actually has nothing to do with the work. Yeah. That's the thing. Okay. So, and this is something I've gone off for, for years. There's all this posturing, cultural posturing around mm-hmm. art yep. and not just our art, but all art, all, yep. all entertainment. Yep. And it's stupid. It's stupid and it's annoying and people are sick of it and they hate it. Well, and, and if, and if anyone... Like for, you know, look, I, I grew up on Star Wars, man. You grew up on Star oh, Wars. Oh, everybody, everybody grew up on Star everybody Wars. Everybody grew up on, everyone That's why grew up it's on so Wars. valuable. Um, you know, but if we say, uh, look, that's not doing it for me. Can, can we, can we just have some really good stories? Like, you know why Empire Strikes Back is awesome? Because it's a freaking awesome story. Also, since the force, the force is female, and this is the first time that you know, it's like the reason the original movies didn't suck was George Lucas's wife. 
was one of the main editors. Yeah. What was the main editor? It was, it was like reigning in his bad choices and like making good choices. Yeah, crazy. So, so I mean, it's always been female. But okay, no, but on one of the main characters. I mean, eh, and Princess Leia eh. is a great character. Freaking awesome character. Like she's a great character. She's a multifaceted character. And there, there was some George Lucas well, decisions she, in and there. And she that went were against. Dumb. She went against type. Yeah. Honestly, okay, so we had the bit where like, okay, so my planet just exploded, but I'm going to comfort the farm boy who just had, the old man he just met died. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's stuff like that. They're there. They're there. They're there, farm boy. My whole planet just exploded. <laughs> so, you know, she's hard as nails, right? Yeah. Okay, no, so so this whole artificial male-female thing is dumb, but let's get into something on this one, writing to your audience. Now, Star Wars originally was a predominantly male audience, but it was not entirely a male audience. No. Um, there's a there's been female Star Wars fans since the 1970s. Yeah. Now, was it primarily dudes? Yeah. Yeah. And was it primarily little boys buying the action figures? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I was too poor to have a Millennium Falcon, but oh. I wanted one so bad. And an AT-AT. I, I wanted got, an AT-AT I got so rid- bad. I had the Millennium Falcon. I got rid of it at some point. Oh, dude. Dude, it was awesome. I bought my kids an ad hat though, because I'd made it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. No, here's the thing. Um, but that's okay, because boys and girls, and this is going to be controversial. Here's my controversial statement for the episode. <gasps> boys and girls like different things. Oh my gosh. I know, I'm right? so offended. Yeah. And so instead what we've done is we've taken this goofy idea of this false dichotomy as like anything that boys enjoy. No, we're excluding women, so we need to make it more for girls. And what happens is it kills it both ways. Yeah. Because when you take a male uh, a male entertainment product, because once again, it's not 100% male, 100% female. It's more like, you know, 80, 20, probably each way, or maybe 70, 30, who knows? Yeah. My, I was actually surprised. My audience for like Monster Hunter is actually about 70, 30. I'm like 70, 30, 80, 20, somewhere in there between male and female. Yeah. On the surface, on the surface, I, I can see how some people would, find that surprising maybe thinking that it should shade more towards yeah, dudes but it's really not but actually no i mean when it's supposed to you you write you write really really strong female characters well, and it's not just that because it doesn't have to be a male or female character because i got female characters love the male characters i got mm-hmm. male characters love the female characters. yeah Faye is Faye is one of my most popular characters amongst male readers it's almost like you just write good characters exactly weird bingo so when you take these people at the evil mega corporation, they're like, we're going to take this boy product that we're going to feminize it. We're going to make it for appeal to women. So what that does is it doesn't actually appeal to women either because the women who are already into that were already into that. Yeah. So you just turn them off by trying to appease an audience that isn't going to see it. And then there's 70% of your audience. It's dudes who grew up wanting the millennium Falcon act, you know, and the action figures. We watch it. And we're like, what the crap was that crap? And yeah. you lose them. And you start yeah. to believe that 70% like starts to shrink. And so it's not like you shift the percentiles, you yeah. shrink both. Yeah. Yeah, actually. And if you, you look at their numbers, they're like, oh, wow. Well, and the people always try to spin this like as a positive thing. Like, well, that's good. We're just getting rid of it. We're taking out the trash. We don't need those misogynistic jerks. Okay. Here's the thing. If you have the most popular franchise in the world and you lose, you know, half of your expected revenue, like half the people went to see it that should have saw it. Um, that's not a win. Yeah. Okay. That's not an ideological win. No. And a lot of this is inertia and is, and inertia only carries you so far. And as we've seen, they have this, like you have the world's biggest, most powerful IP, right? 
and and people are just lapping up content, lapping up content. But you start giving them substandard product, they'll watch it for a while. But then you give them more substandard product and more substandard product and more crap like this. And and, and it's like, oh, well, we need to make yeah, men more, uncomfortable. More, uh, more Jack Black and Lizzo. Uh, you know. See, I haven't watched season three of The Mandalorian. I just can't. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. And, and that's what it is for me. I just don't care. I'm just like, well, I don't want to watch that. I can go watch Godzilla instead. Well, we all know the whole thing about female, strong female characters is bunk anyway. Strong. Well, because it's strong. Because they fired Gina Carano. You went the strongest female character in Star Wars. Gina Carano beat the crap out of any. Ever see Haywire? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the acting, she's new. She's, she's not great. terrible. But you believe it when she can throw a punch. Okay. So so most movies <laughs> when a woman beats up a dude, you're oh, like, it's I way, don't buy it. Waifu. Oh, it's I don't buy waifu. Now when Gina Carano beats up Michael Fassbender, I'm like, oh yeah, I I, I actually believe that I Gina mean, she, Carano could beat she up. She actually Michael. probably will. She actually probably could beat up Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Well, or, or, you know, when she shows up in, in Deadpool, right? And, and, and starts yeah, fight throwing punches and stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, if she's super powered and he's super powered and she throws a punch and it hits and he hurts, I'm in. The scene in Mandalorian season two where she uh, she's using the big blaster. Oh, and she like forcibly beats it yeah. into, into it, submission. It jams, so she so she mortars it. Uh-huh. And that is actually a malfunctioning clearance thing. If you have a stuck bolt, you can mortar it. Uh-huh. And when she, so when she just, boom, and she mortars that sucker on the ground, every gun nut in America was like, I will watch her forever. Well, <laughs> and, and you... <laughs> And, and you got to know that didn't come from the directors. <laughs> Considering as a star, probably not. <laughs> probably not. I've, I've cleared, I've cleared some stuck cases out of pump shotguns that way. <laughs> yeah. I, what it is. Okay. In, ter- in, in straight up marketing terms. Okay. There's a bell curve yep. in terms of the, um, the adoption and purchase cycle of a product. The very beginning of it is your early adopters. Okay. Those are the people that, are, that they can't wait to see the product. They're going to watch, they're going to buy, they're going to watch it. They're going to do whatever. They're as opening soon as day, they're standing in line. Yep. They've bought their tickets 17 years in advance, whatever. They're probably in costume. Who knows? Um, as you go up the bell curve, that big main chunk of the bell curve, that 80% of the bell curve middle, that's your love group. That's the people that they're going to be there whatever. And then after that are kind of the late adopters, right? That's your standard marketing bell curve. Um, in reality, where most successful sales and money come from is catering to that 80%. The early adopters. Okay. That's fine. The, the, the late adopters, you kind of don't care about them. Well, the early ones, they're, they're the loyal, they're the brand loyalists anyway. So they're the easiest to piece. And as we've seen as Disney has turned out awful product, they're still making excuses for it. Yes. They got Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Th- those are the people, those are the people that on my Facebook feed, as soon as some movie comes out or show or whatever comes out that I already know is going to be bad because I can tell from the dialogue within the trailer or. Yeah, these are the people pretending that they were excited to see the Eternals. Yeah. Or the Marvels. You know, the, the people who say that the last Jedi is probably the best Star Wars film. Makes me want to vomit. Yeah. Um, I, I have one of these guys on my feed who he's, he's the consummate apologist um, for, for everything Star Wars. And I know why. But um, I'm like, okay, for, for that, 
you know, you're constantly apologizing for everything. I mean, you, you know, you have to make an entire movie worth of, of additional content to make the movie you went and saw make sense. I mean, we saw that with Prometheus yeah, with one of our friends. Um, you have all of that when in reality, don't, don't worry about them. Go to the middle where all those people who have all of the money who want to give you all of your money and there are a legion of them, make them happy. No, Instead, they're saying right, right out of the gate, they're taking half of those people and saying, we're going to make you uncomfortable. More than half. Yeah. Well, once we're going to take 70%, 70% of you. 70% of that bell curve is dudes we're gonna who make are inclined you, to see it. We're doing this to make you uncomfortable. I'm like, why? Instead, okay, you've bought cars. Mm-hmm. I've bought cars. You've bought shoes. I've bought shoes. You've bought pillows. I've bought pillows. What is the one thing in common with all of those? What do we want? I want to be comfortable with all of those. I want my shoes to be comfortable. I want my bed and my pillow to be comfortable. You don't want to be challenged by your entertainment products, Steve? No. Uh, no, I don't. intellectual of you. <laughs> you know? Why do you I, hate strong women? <laughs> I went and saw I went and saw Godzilla. Which I heard was great. Dude, it's freaking rad. You know why? Because it's cool characters, cool story. And they just care about entertaining you. That's it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to just keep going into this and and talk more about um, why and how you can write to your audience. We'll be right back. Nate Casson, the alpha werewolf of Missoula, Montana, finds his little city has a big wolf problem when shredded bodies start showing up all over town. Faced with a hostile press and even more hostile hunters, he tries to protect his innocent pack of eight at the same time they try to track down two elusive killers in an area of 35 square miles with a plethora of hiding places. He has seen this before, and the hunters always, always go overboard and decide the only good werewolf is a dead one, no matter who's actually responsible. His pack will be collateral damage unless he can find the enemy wolves and stop their broken alpha before they turn his hometown into a human buffet. Cry Havoc by Julie Frost. Available now on Amazon in paperback and Kindle Unlimited. Pick up your copy today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back. All right, Larry. I I think I think what this is, you and I, 
we get so frustrated when we when we see this sort of thing. Well, um, and, we... and I think part of it is because you and I are businessmen. Right. We have. Okay, let me just give a really good example. Um, so I, I announced in the State of the Dojo address that I'm doing the Monster Hunter 15th Anniversary Edition. Yep. Okay. Who's that for, Larry? That's for my audience. And what does your audience like, Larry? Monster Hunter. Yep. Weird. Crazy. And so um, maybe what I should do instead, I should go to John Scalzi's fans and I should be like, hey guys, um, I'm not, instead, I'm not going to do any marketing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell any of your fans that I'm doing this super rad leather bound edition of Monster Hunter. Instead, I'm going to market it just to Scalzi's fans. What's more, I think what you should do is strip all of the gun stuff out of the book on your revision um, <laughs> to, and to make it. it all about, um, oh, I don't know, um, you know, preachy politics. I think, which is funny because like Monster Hunter is actually really diverse. Yeah. But I need to make it more diverse. You, you definitely should. I mean, trip isn't trans enough. I'm going to take the devout Christian guy. That's the transsexual. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because that's how it works. Um, yeah. I, I think in that way you can, you can ignore all the Larry Korea fans. Right. There, right. And that way we could appeal to the John Scalzi. Fans. Right. Right. And, and I'm sure. That I'm should go sure, well. Yeah. I'm sure that all 1500 copies are going to sell just fine. Instantly. 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 No. Cause what would you do is you would offend the Monster Hunter fans. Yeah. None of the Scalzi fans are going to buy it anyway. None of them are going to buy it anyway. Yeah, they have they have their own likes, and and you know what there there is there is a Venn diagram overlap between your ears and his stuff. They, I mean, we were probably five or six people who read yeah. both of us. Yeah, you know, they read they read Old Man's War, thought it was okay, and then switched to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. Man. All right, all right. You know, we try not to talk trash about other people. So sorry, we, I'm on one. We crossed today. the line tonight. Um, uh, okay, so on this cater to your audience when we say that you know i'm not saying i'm not saying write exclusively for one niche group no. write the best thing you can write but know what your target audience is and what your target audience desires now now convert now you know all joking aside yeah scalzi isn't trying to win your fans no he's got his own he fans. knows what his fans want and they they he does and well. so he and so he sells them scalzi sells fine yeah, he sells good. And so he makes money doing it. Yep. And if he's smart, then he will continue making books for those people that give him money. And this, as I will continue writing books for the people yes. who give me money. Yes. Now, Star Wars knew who gave them money. Yes. And they decided Theoretically. we're going to insult them. Yeah. And we're going to move over to this other group. And we're just, and we're going to like try to appease them. Only they didn't come watch it either. No, because they didn't actually know what they wanted, Larry. You know, um, in fact, you know, Star Wars isn't actually for them. It's actually for this other subgroup. Well, we really should we should probably talk. Really, to them let's instead. be honest. It's like it's like we're gonna we're gonna sell a billion tickets to the Chinese market. Yeah. So let's take the black dude off the uh, poster. Yeah, because the communist Chinese are racist. Which okay, now like to diverge a little bit. We've talked about on this show about like writing for the audience. If you had let me write Star Wars, or you had written Star Wars, or let's get some other like good writers that knew, or some of the guys who used to write Star Wars who wrote Star Wars well, like Tim Zahn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
guys sure. like that. Sure. Or or other guys who get it, who Bob could Salvatore. write action Any fantasy. Of these guys. Jim Butcher. Jim. Oh, jeez, Jim. You know? I would have loved to see Jim. Okay, in fact, me, Jim, we're having a conversation about this one time when uh, they first announced this. Yeah, Jim. I mean, Jim would have been a great choice. Yeah, Jim Jim would have been a great choice. You would have been a great choice. I would have been, actually, if we could go back 20, uh, 30 years in time, guys like me and Jim would have been the first guys they would have asked. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. But when they rebooted Star Wars, who did they ask instead? Freaking... Wendig. Yeah. Okay. Once again, we don't talk trash about other writers on the show. We will talk. That that was the, that was the crappiest piece of crap to ever crap. There are, there are other authors who did get asked that, that are good authors. They know how to write. Yeah. I'm not bagging on all of them. Um, but they were given garbage stories to write for one. And getting back to the movies, the directors had no vision. (laughs) They had no coherent plan. They're, they're, Obviously, there was no plan. There was no plan. Okay, so I talk about, I joke about Finn getting take off the posters. That's a true story, though. They actually yeah. did that. Yeah, it's sick. If you put me in charge, Finn would have been the main character. Finn actually would have been a really, I, I think you and I talked about this, actually, when The Force Awakens came out. Um, we, we were talking about Finn and how, how much potential there was as a revolutionary sort of character. Dude, I could have wrote the crap out of Finn. I mean... Dude comes from a, a, a super rigid, um, a very space Nazi uh, form, and and somehow and and he 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 escapes from the order, and somehow doesn't become a leader of a revolutionary band of ex stormtroopers. Dude, explain to me how that didn't happen. Dude, he was a freaking. You take the whole child soldier angle. Dude, that, that's exactly what I thought they were going to do for movie two. I know when they started out, I was like, okay, this this could be awesome. Instead, but even by the end of movie one, they'd already lost the plot and made him in a comic yeah, relief did. janitor, you know? And it was so dumb. Instead, they did the whole Ray thing because once again, strong women. Here's the thing. I write the crap out of strong women. Yes. I really do. And I've, I've listed them before. You know, I've, yeah. I've got dozens of characters beloved by males and females because I write, I write good characters, period. Yeah. Male or female doesn't matter. Male, female, manatee, whatever, I can do yes. it. It doesn't matter as long as they're good. See, Ray was the strong female, but it didn't make sense. It wasn't organic. I mean, when she did everything better than everybody else, it was just like, we're going to pander to this audience that of, of, of militant feminists who don't watch Star Wars well, anyway. And us, and us poor story people, we were, because we didn't know better then. Um, oh, we didn't know we, how much, we, we didn't, didn't know that the second one was going to be even worse. We, we didn't, we didn't understand how bad things were going to get. And we kept thinking, well, okay, well there, there's gotta be a story explanation, a logical story explanation for why she's better. We're like, okay, well, we were trying to think of it. You and I had this, this conversation. We did, yeah. We're like, okay, well maybe, maybe she has a mind block in, maybe she's actually like Obi-Wan's or Luke's daughter or something like that. There's a mind block. She actually had training and, and it's like, it's breaking through the cracks or something, something like we were coming up with every excuse possible yeah. to figure out why. Cause we desperately, dude, you and I are the star Wars. Well, we were the star Wars love group. Oh yeah. We were. We wanted it to be awesome. Years ago. Yeah. We would have been in the We cor- desperately cor- wanted it to be rad. And Instead, it turns out that the reason was Mary Sue. I could even see in my, I even remember, I looked back my like my Facebook memory. So my initial response to the movie after I like, when I watched it and I was walking out of the theater, I just said, oh, that was pretty good. It was pretty. And, but then like within a couple hours, yeah. like the longer I thought about it, like the more 
disgruntled I got. Yeah. Then the second movie came out and it was like, it was the same thing. It was like, wow, that was really pretty. Wait a minute. But then within like seconds, you're just like, wow, gosh. And then the third one, I didn't even give a crap. I was like, at that point, yeah. I was like done. Well, I mean, the same thing. And then I hated everything until Prometheus. Mandalorian came along. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Hey, they recaptured it. For a minute. They, for a minute. Yeah. They almost had it. They, yep. And, and see, they were, once again, they, they, the, the, that bell curve, that target audience. Because, you know, the, the far end of that bell curve, they're going to lap up whatever. It doesn't matter. But you know what? <clears throat> That's, that far end of the bell curve by itself is not a multi-billion dollar return. No. No, it's not. No, the, the front of that bell curve is an indie film. That you're, you're happy when it makes. They're loud on the internet. Double. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll get on the internet and scream a lot. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, after that, you know, they, they, they don't matter. But that, I think that's the trouble here is that, is that these, these, whoever the business people um, are, the actual people who understand the impact of, of marketing upon dollars and cents, they don't seem to understand the ramifications, the, the fiscal ramifications of the decisions they're making. Yeah. Or they don't care. Yeah. They do understand and they just don't care. So... One is idiocy, the other is nefarious. Yeah, and what is it actually? I don't know. And and, and the thing is, I've heard if these. It ha- if it happens more than once, twice, three times, yeah, I, I'm sorry. It's not a conspiracy theory at that point to say, "Are you intentionally trying to f with me?" Yeah, two is coincidence, three is enemy action. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I do. And, and honestly, I mean, there's a whole big thing right, going on right now where we have certain mega corporations who are actually engaging in social engineering. We know this to oh, be a fact. Factual. 100% way factual. Way beyond the scope of this podcast because yep. I try not to get political no, on go, here. Go listen to Joe Rogan for that. Yeah. Yeah. This, a, pop, a podcast has a hundred million times more yeah. listeners than us. Yeah. But you, you see what I'm saying? Yep. And so are they actually losing money and just don't care? I don't know. The stockholders are caring. They, they're, they're, they should, they should. Um, that said, I've heard rumors, but I've heard these rumors for last year that, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's on the way out. I keep Whatever. hearing that. I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah. I'll believe that when she's a corpse in the ground. <laughs> and now, even then, I don't know. But the thing is, could, could Star Wars, could this major IP that we once loved, could it be brought back from the brink and made hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I think it'll take a soft reboot. Um, you know, I, I, you're going to have to hand wave him away and, and erase all that stuff somehow. Um, or you, the, the quick and easy fix, you do kind of what Star Trek did. You're like, oh, it's an alternate timeline. Or you just like say it's 20 years later, Ray's dead. Doesn't matter. All the other characters are dead. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I won't I don't even, even address it. I don't even know who lived through the third movie. I can't remember. No one important. <laughs> I don't remember. Everyone lived. Did, did Kylo Ren die? He died, but he didn't matter. Yeah. Poor uh, guy. Actually, actually, he's a great actor. Adam Driver's a great actor. Yeah. You know what they should do? They should do a buddy a buddy drama where it's Adam Driver and Robert Pattinson. Or, or... Two, two guys who... <laughs> Two guys have rap is, is like, <laughs> two guys, who are actually really good actors who are in who all are these really, terrible movies. Yeah, two dudes who are really good actors who, you know, got, got you know, stuck in one really crappy role. And, uh, you know, John Boyega is a great actor. He is. He's a really solid actor. 
Oh, actually, Oscar Daisy, Isaac. Actually, Daisy Ridley isn't a bad actress either. I've only ever seen her in that, but Oscar Isaac's a great actor. Oscar Isaac's a fantastic Okay, actor. Oscar Isaac's been robbed multiple times, though. Uh, oh, the, man. Poor, I mean, X-Men? Well, um... He, they made him Apocalypse? Are you kidding me right now? Wasn't he Moon Knight? And he was Moon Knight? Okay, no. Oh, since we're talking about not catering your target audience... I like Moon Knight. Moon Knight I, is awesome. I liked original Moon Knight. I've liked Moon Knight he's comics like, for a long time when I was a he's kid. He's Batman with no rules. Well, not, not a kid, but like teenager, you know, yeah. young adult. I like Moon Knight. Schizophrenic Batman with no rules. Yeah. Uh, part with of an too, old God in him. Well, the whole thing, he was like, he was Jewish guy because, you know, the whole angle of slavery with the Egyptians. Okay, that was- It's it a was super cool. Super no, it's cool. a super cool character concept. It was a cool character concept. Did you watch that show? I couldn't. It was awful. It was, I couldn't do it. It was awful. And they did the unforgivable sin at the very end where they had the big fight scene at the end, but then it cuts away because there's multiple personalities. Oh no. And so you don't no. actually see the final fight. And then, and then it comes to, and the fight's over Bull. and somehow he's won. That's balls. It was balls. It was like, I watched that and I was like, okay, Oscar Isaac, he's a good actor. And this is what you did with it's such a cool concept character. But what they did have was a very strong female character. Mm who no one cared about, who became super powerful by the end and rose to the occasion. Well, I mean, that, that was the problem with season three of Daredevil, right? The reason season one of Daredevil was awesome is because it was Daredevil killing and kicking everything in the face. Well, Daredevil doesn't kill. He whips dudes in the head with chains and throws them down eight flights of stairs, but they live. <laughs> oh no, he, he, he definitely killed in the first season. Um, well, that fight scene in the hallway is still legend. It's a great scene. Great scene. Um, and then of course, you know, season two actually still, still maintains some of that. Um, there's the stairway fight scene. And stuff. Well, they made, the, and they made the Punisher, they introduced the Punisher in there and he looked badass. He was great. Yeah. Jonathan Berthold was great. Yeah. Um, but season three and suddenly Daredevil is getting his butt kicked every five seconds and his like comic relief, terrible sidekicks have to save him every other episode. I'm like, yep. You're killing me. Okay. You're killing me. Not really real. I mean, we're rambling a lot now on this one, but it's a weak, weak writer trick when you have to, and you'll see this all the time where you have to, to build up one character, they tear down another. Yeah. So if you want a strong female character, though, we could have a strong female. This is what hacks do. So you want the female character to be strong. You make the males dumb. Yep. They did it with Moon Knight. They did it with Finn. They did it with Poe. Yep. You know, they, 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 if. Yeah. The. So supposedly one of the greatest fighter pilots slash generals or whatever ever. And, well, and, and they're like, you're not allowed to know about our plan. Yeah. <laughs> you're my second in command, but, um, I'm just going to like do this thing that makes you think that I'm an idiot until you have a mutiny. Yeah. Ryan Johnson, just throw him in a hole, man. That guy, that guy's a hack, but it's, it's, if you have to tear down the male characters to make the female characters or vice versa stronger, or yeah, vice versa, depending on what you're going for, you have failed. Yeah. The key, once again, but Larry Korea is just a hack, nobody idiot who yeah. writes really strong. Every character compliment, just yeah. make them good. Just yeah. make them interesting and give them their own strengths and their own weaknesses. Yep. Okay. So like I, I write, I write Julie Shackelford, I write Holly Newcastle. I write Heather Kirkconan. Yep. Flawed. All of them are flawed. All of them are flawed. All of them screw up. All of them drop the ball. All of them have emotions. They get angry. They get sad. They get tired. They fail. Okay. They fail and they fail again, but they're all really good at something. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't make them better by taking Owen or Earl and making them stupid. So they look good in comparison. 
That's weak. That's weak writing. No, see, in fact, I do the direct opposite. Um, like if you look at the, like in the residue series, if you look at, if you look at Alex and Jack, um, the reason Alex is a good female character and the reason, well, it doesn't even matter that she's female, just to be frank. Um, but the reason they're good characters and, and the reason they become even better characters, it's not at one another's expense. It's because of each other. No, they're complimentary. They're complimentary and they build upon each other by themselves. They're not as good of a character. It's the whole ensemble effect. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and Star Wars is too busy trying to cover up their weak writing by pointing at some bullcrap garbage characters that are saying, oh, these are the best, strongest characters since Evers. I'm like, why? You gotta, you, you gotta earn that. You gotta that. earn that. You can't just declare it. Yeah, you don't get to just declare you're a Skywalker. <laughs> now that that was some bull crap. That was like didn't even. I, yeah, I don't. Even it's know. bad writing. That was bad writing. And again, you are not catering to the love group because the love group would say she hasn't earned it. If you want to make her a Palpatine, have her earn it. Well, have, have her, put her have her have her go through a redemption arc as a Palpatine. Yeah, it was just like, we're going to just introduce new crap and have crap happen, and it's not going to make any sense, but it's going to be really pretty, and then the that far right side of the bell curve will scream on everybody who complains on the internet. What if, what if during the midway point of movie two... Um, Ryan Johnson there was a, had there, died well, and been replaced by... Nice, by by a, a, a potato? <laughs> it would have been the same. Um, but what if instead we would have seen Kylo Ren go through a redemption arc and Daisy Ridley go through a corruption arc. Oh, way like cooler. Like crossover. Way cooler. Wouldn't have, that, wouldn't have that just been like a really cool poetic moment? Oh, yeah. In the middle of a story? She, she, she could have been a good character, like an interesting character. The only character growth she ever got was in the very first movie when, this, when went to this, like somebody offered her money for the drug. And she said no. And she said no, even though she was hungry. That that's a good character gave moment. me hope. That's a good character moment. And they threw it away. Yeah. Because within a few minutes, she's like, she knew more about fixing the Millennium Falcon than Han Solo. Yeah, which is dumb. You know how you 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 live in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> you live in a how do how do you know how to fix an entirely different spaceship better than the guy who has driven it for fifty years? Who's been fixing it for fifty years? You know, yeah, and so stuff like that. Um, but well, if they and, had made her tempted towards evil, tempted towards power. Oh, I, I don't even think tempted is enough. I, I mean, and again, this is, this is me just theory crafting how I would have loved a story. Any story? I, I would have, I would have, I would have had her given in because you had the person who was already evil, who definitely wanted to be good. Like I said, I would have had those, 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 that, those X, those, those plot lines X over the good become bad and the bad become good. Uh, and then, and then an ultimate confrontation towards the end. I think that would have been freaking awesome. Yeah, instead awesome. you had Kylo Ren, he's like, he's like, he kills his mom and dad and he's any, he, any, he, but he, he like gets tempted toward goodness because of Ray. It doesn't make any sense. It's the, it, it's again, the redemption arc isn't earned. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make a lick of sense. None of it is earned. Oh, well, and, and look, we saw the same thing in the alien franchise. Look, you and I both adore aliens. Dude, I could write 
an Aliens movie. Frick, yes. That's 10,000% better. Well, the, the freaking game that we did, <sighs> that game session we did in the Alien yeah. game would have... I mean, it would have been yeah, the best. That was a perfectly contained movie plot. It would have been the best movie since Alien 1 and, and Aliens. Guys, like, like no kidding. So I put together a role-playing game for Halloween for the, my regular crew of guys. I had 20 pre-generated characters. And it was the plot awesome. Was, it was a freighter. They were transferting colonists and some Marines. And uh, basically they wake up with aliens on board yeah. and like a bunch of the pods carrying the colonists are empty already. And then, you know, stuff happens. Hijinks. Hijinks and chew. And, and dude, we played it perfectly straight. Yeah. And and by the time we had done, we had a better plot than anything else they've come up with. And it was like a legitimately good plot with good characters. And and the thing is, is it would cater perfectly to what the hallmarks of Alien are and to what the love group is. Well, the whole cast was only like 20 people and we killed 16 of them. Really quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but but remember remember how we felt when we went and saw Prometheus. We We were so excited. Um, me, you, a whole bunch of our friends, we all went and saw it. And afterwards we walk out and, and you and I are next to each other and we kind of look at each other and we're like, that's pretty. It was beautiful nonsense. But yeah, beautiful nonsense. Like every Zack Snyder film in existence. Yeah. Um, and, and we, we were just like, what? Well, it was interesting on that one because that's another one where we're talking about catering to your fan base. And that was actually older, like an older example, pre Star Wars going yeah. completely to hell. But it was the same kind of thing. It's like you have what people want and what people are looking for. You know what I'm saying? And you, but there's always this thing where we need to subvert expectations. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. There are times where you can subvert expectations a little bit, like a twist. You know, that's fine. Sure, but, sure. But if, but if the guy orders spaghetti and meatballs, you don't give him a birthday cake. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, look, if, if, if in an alien movie, if you want to subvert the expectation, you know what you do? You have the dirtbag scientist actually not be the dirtbag. Yeah. It turns out he's trying to save things and then and then some other random person is the bad guy. Or you have, or in our case, we had where the corporate, the corporate scumbag dude yeah. actually rises to the occasion and yeah. tries to do the right thing. Yeah. And dies. And but goes out like a hero. <laughs> yeah. Goes out like a hero. You know, stuff like that. Totally, you know, it's anti-Burke. Yeah, anti-Burke. You know? I, I, I think, I think, I don't know. I mean, there, there's so many bad examples that part of me wants to say it has to be intentional and malicious. But, but then at the same time, people are just dumb. I think it's a combination of creative malaise. Yeah. And then political evil. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the two of those together make... Oh really really bad everything it's like it's like the little wonder twin powers activate bears you know <laughs> it's like it's like creative malaise political evil wonder, wonder twins unite it's like the last jedi <laughs> oh uh, gosh yeah my, i i guess my point with all this and, and i hope that you listeners out there are you know i mean we're just having kind of having a conversation here obviously but um as it relates back to you in your writing, um, you know, when you're writing stuff and people are buying it, why? Why are they buying it? Why do they like it? Yep. If you know the answer to that question, keep giving them that. That, I mean, you, you, you don't need to, you don't, you, you don't need to subvert your own expectations. No, this isn't that complicated. No. All right. 
So we, we've rambled on long enough and, and, and whine and complain. We'll and, go off on this stuff. I mean, we could keep going. I, I swear, I think, I think like at least 20% of all conversations Larry and I have are, are about how people just won't give us the entertainment that we need and want. But anyway, um, hope you like this. Um, hope you like this episode. Um, and uh, if you have any other questions, always feel free to, to email them to us, especially our supporters, because we will answer your questions first. But uh, this is the Rider Dojo. Thank you guys so much. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Rider Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Korea. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries by Craig Nivo. New episodes come out every Wednesday, wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchor.fm slash dojo, by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. To advertise on the Writer Dojo, email ads at writerdojo.com. All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com. People are just dumb.